The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is. It is seven minutes after seven o'clock on your Monday night. Good evening. Welcome to the first one of the week of the Employment Law Show. Well, I guess if you count Sunday, the beginning of the week, but whatever, semantics. Uh, it's 7.07. We're ready to go. We hope you are as well. John Pincus is here to answer your calls and your questions. You know how to do that. 416-870-6400. You have questions about uh, being on a temporary layoff or something to do with COVID-19 or going back to work or maybe you're an employer. Give us a call, everything. Or if it's just a simple severance question, take those as well. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400 is the way we roll. Email address anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And when John's not doing the show, when Lior's not around either, it's crickets as far as live bodies. You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, that website, full of information and is absolutely free and anonymous, but you can have some contact uh, information from the website as well if you'd like to reach out. So without any more further delay, Mr. Pincus, couple week that was, what do you got for us? Yes, I've got to tell you, John, it's been busier than I can ever remember uh, than what we're nice. dealing with right now with all the uh, chaos uh, that is uh, that is the pandemic and, and the employment-related questions that uh, and problems that emerge from that. So I'll talk about a few of the, uh, the most interesting situations that have uh, recently come across. The first situation involved an individual who was working for a company that had just had a mass layoff. Uh, and he was working there as a plant manager, and he's seeing everyone else him getting fired, and he's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. So sure enough, eventually he's approached by the vice president of HR who says to him, well, look, here's the thing. Uh, we don't have your position for you because we have to shut down the plant, but we do have this other position for you. It's about a 45-minute drive. It pays about half the salary, and it's not a plant manager position. You'd actually be reporting to another plant manager. But that's where we'd like you to go now. And if you can't do that, then, you know, we're just going to have to terminate you. Right. Now, for context, it's important to, to, to know that this was someone who had actually been working for the company for about 25 years. Jeez. And, and he'd worked his way up. Yeah, a long time, right? He'd worked his way up the ladder, uh, starting as an assembly line worker, making minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And he'd been in the plant manager position for the last 15 years. So th- this really was quite a hit to him uh, and, and quite shocking to him. And, of course, the vice president gave him a whole speech about how it's COVID-19 and everyone has to be flexible and everyone has to make adjustments, of course, except him who, who uh, is keeping his job. Uh, but at the end of the day, this was simply not something that, that um, this person was interested in. And next thing you know, he gets an email from the company giving him a choice and saying, well, okay, you can either take this new position that we've created for you or we can give you a severance package Uh, for eight months pay, which is basically this person's minimum entitlements. And he came to me, and like any reasonable person, his reaction, of course, was, well, this wasn't really a choice at all. I'm being told I can either take a huge demotion uh, in a plant I've never worked at, in a place I've never had to go, um, or I can take this crummy severance package. And he he was right. You know, you, you do not have to accept a substantial demotion. And quite frankly, if they had imposed this on him, that would have been a constructive dismissal, uh, most likely. So... His answer, his answer to this question they've posed to him is going to simply be neither. I'm not doing either of those things. And, in fact, this is someone who could be owed up to 24 months' pay. So we're going to be going ahead and negotiating a, a severance package for him right now. 
And uh, the lesson here, of course, is don't accept a severance package without speaking to a lawyer. And before you commit to any change in your position, make sure that you do the same thing. 416-870-6400. Just getting rolling here. You want to reach out. That's the number to call. We are live, of course, on a Monday night. It's just 7 so you got plenty of time. Um, number two, what else you got? So the second situation uh, involves someone who was terminated without cause after only being employed for one year, so just over a year, actually. So this was a very different scenario than the one I was just discussing because this is, of course, someone who's very short tenured. Uh, she uh, was working in an upper management role, uh, earning about $150,000 per year. And she was offered a severance package of two weeks' pay, which was her minimum entitlements. And they told her, you know what, we want to be generous, so we'll give you an extra two weeks if you'll sign a release. And what they said is, look, we actually don't have to give you more than two weeks because we have an employment agreement with a termination clause. Here it is. And this is what's going to limit your entitlement to the two weeks. So if you don't sign this, you're not going to get the extra two weeks. So she spoke with me. She said, well, look, I don't want to lose these other two weeks. Sh shouldn't I sign this if this is all I'm owed? I said, well, let me take a look at your employment agreement. So I took a look at her employment agreement, and immediately it was clear to me that this termination clause that they were relying on was completely illegal, completely unenforceable. So right there I said, all other things being equal, your severance entitlement could be as much as six months' pay. But this is where things actually got really interesting, because it's at that point that I learned that she had been recruited from a company that she'd been working at for over, for over the last 10 years. Um, and in fact, she um, she'd been recruited, unfortunately, just just uh, shortly before all of this uh, chaos hit us. Right. So right. Um, this is going to push her entitlements even higher because the law will consider these previous 10 years in assessing how much she's owed in the situation. You know, we're not talking about someone who's owed, in my view, at least nine months, maybe even 10 months pay. Uh, so we're going to be working towards getting her this. And, you know, if you do the math here, it's well over $100,000 more than she was initially offered. So suffice it to say, this is someone who was glad she gave us a call. Our topic tonight, by the way, as we uh, continue on here in between your phone calls, 416-870-6400. That would be the uh, the way to go through that. Uh, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Uh, the first one of the night is going to be this. They simply don't realize they're entitled to more. Yeah, this is this is by far the most common. And and the vast majority of severance offers I see are inadequate. And there's different degrees of inadequacy, but right. by and large, an employer is going to pay you less than they owe you because they want you to sign a release, right? And, you know, I have these discussions with clients all the time where they say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm really worried because they say if I don't accept this uh, offer, um, then they're going to take away everything else that they're offering me and they're only going to give me the minimum amount. And here's the reality. If you're unemployed, you don't have a job, and you don't have a job forthcoming, and an employer is giving you an offer uh, less than your full entitlements, you are going to be owed more, and that employer is going to have every incentive, as they should, to have you sign a release. So there is absolutely no reason uh, for you to think of that entitlement, and that entitlement is not going anywhere uh, if you're someone who's unemployed um, and facing a severance package. So these are exactly the kinds of severance packages that, that should be negotiated. If you go on the severance pay calculator and you find that, your sever that the severance uh, that you're being offered is lower, let's have a discussion. We can talk about how the process works and whether it actually makes sense for you to take that package. But if it happens to be the case that you're owed more. You know, we just talked about a situation where uh, someone's owed uh, over $100,000 more right. than they've been, been offered. So it's a really important question to answer. 
416-870-6400 is the way to call through, ask your questions, at least get a bit of information really succinctly, uh, succinctly really quickly. Uh, in that regard, Emily, thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Great. What's on, what's on your mind? Okay. This is about my husband. Okay. He worked in a company for 17 years, and in the 14 years, he was a supervisor. Then he got a three years late, uh, before um, ago, he was really, really sick. And then he came out of the hospital and uh, kind of like become a long-term disabled uh, insurance pay. And then, then he tried so hard to practice and they get his muscle back. Then he can, he can work again, but only part-time. So the company offered a, a regular job like a... Um, I would be. I would say that just a, a few dollars better than the uh, the minimal wages. But he's a, he just loved to work, so he, he he took it and he worked. Now another three years, and um, the company said uh, we're going to end up the uh, the contract or whatever with him, and they're going to pay him 17 weeks based on what he's making now. And that is really unfair because he makes six figures in the, as a supervisor. Now he only makes like 20 bucks per hour. Mm. And they're going to okay. 17 weeks only pay the, based on the low pay now. Okay. Well, well, Emily, I, I have some, some, some good news and some not so good news. So I'll start with the not so good news. Uh, okay. The not so good news is because he's been working in a part-time role or, or in a uh, in a lower paying role um, and that's the position he's been in the last three three years and I gather that he's been in that position as a result of the accommodation that is the way the law says he is to be compensated oh, no. for severance okay so that's so that's the, the not so good part but the good news here is if your husband has been there for 17 years chances are he's going to be entitled to a lot more than 17 weeks a lot more Okay, this is someone, uh, depending on his age, he could be, uh, how, around how old is your husband? He's uh, 62. 62, okay, so this is someone who could be entitled to, I'd say anywhere between kind of 15 months or 18 months pay, depending on how long he's out of work. And if he still has medical challenges, the law will consider that. So, I mean, the good news, Emily, is I think he's actually going to be owed a lot more, not not for uh, the reason of the rate of pay, which I agree, it's, it's really unfortunate, but I don't think the law will do anything oh. about it. But wow. I think he's going to be entitled to a lot more. So I'd like you and your husband to give us a call. Let's talk about this because I think we can help. Uh, this is someone who's going to be owed significantly more than 17 weeks. Emily, got to let you go. We've got to take a break, but please reach out to John. Here it is, how you do it, one 821 5900 Again, Emily, and for you as well, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue on. John, Jim, hang on, fellas. We'll get to your phone calls, 416-870-6400. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
Welcome back indeed. 721 on your Monday night, 416-870-6400. That is the number used to call through, ask your questions. John, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Go Um, ahead, brother. I've been employed with a firm for about 18 months through an agency on a weekly contract. They uh, liked my work. They brought me on board and uh, put me on the regular payroll. Uh, Within a month, they said, oh, uh, we want you to subject to a uh, urine uh, drug analysis test. And I I went through my Ontario Human Rights book and could not see anything that said that they had the rightful law to do that. So I refused. Right away, they fired me. Did uh... Did they give you a reason for doing that? Did they did they explain why they wanted you to do that, or did they just say we have all our employees do this? They were trying to make it a company policy. Now there's a complication as well. The company that I'm working for was bought by uh, a larger, you know, corporation, right? And they have a history of taking this sort of thing and losing at the Supreme Court level. Now, what what kind of industry are we talking about here, John? Construction. Construction. Um, okay, specifically so, precast concrete. Right. Well, uh, you know, it, it, there are circumstances where employers certainly are able to do uh, uh, drug tests, um, but there has to uh, there has to be some uh, reasonable. Uh, there, there has to be some reason for doing it. And certainly, if they didn't have you doing it in the 18 months that you were working through the agency, that all that right away raises the question, well, why all of a sudden they need to do it just because they put you on payroll, right? Putting you on payroll is not a threshold event that would justify uh, put, uh, putting you through that kind of test when um, you didn't have to do one previously. So uh, this could be a situation where uh, you're, where you could be entitled to severance um, because obviously they've taken the position of cause, and if you were reasonable in refusing that drug test, uh, then it would not be cause. Uh, so you know, yeah. I, I do want to caution any other people listening that there are circumstances where an employer can absolutely require you to do this. But John, in your case, um, I I think that there is a basis to say that that uh, for for you to have a reasonable refusal here. Um, so well, I'd like well, you to give I, us a call. I think that uh, I understand what you're saying because in cases of uh, uh, where safety might be a concern or anything mm-hmm. like that. Right, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, my my role at the place uh, never brought me into a position, a situation where my any tasks had any kind of safety issue around it. Right, um, you know, and uh, they, uh, they just seemed one to other question. To, you know, flex their strong arm and and frighten right. some of the other employees because there was actually two of us that was let go at the same time for the same reason. Right. So I think well, that they're just using us as a sacrificial lamb to frighten all the rest of the people into compliance. Right. Well, you know, what, what, one thing that we'll want to talk about more, uh, when, and, I, and I do hope you give us a call, is whether there was like a recent incident uh, or some reason to believe that, you know, you or other people uh, at, at the workforce um, might be, uh, you know, might be working while impaired. Um, so in the absence of that, and cer- certainly in the absence of a safety-sensitive position, uh, this is a, a pretty dubious uh, termination. So uh, I'd, I'd strongly recommend you get in touch with us because uh, you could have a significant severance entitlement here. 
John, appreciate your time. And to do so, yeah, reach out. I keep giving it out, so write it down and keep it. one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, 416-870-6400 is the way. Jim, thanks for standing by. How are you? Very good. Very good. Um, this call is for my wife. Um, she... <laughs> She uh, works in the medical field, and she's uh, at a long-term care. Her services are only required one day per week. She makes a good salary, and there's no fear that she's going to be let go. But in the event that, and she's been there about five years now, in the event that she was to be terminated, would she be entitled to anything, any severance or anything? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if you're working somewhere part time, you don't lose uh, the right to severance simply because you're working part time. What happens is your severance is based on that part time salary. So um, if she's, you say she's been there five years um, and she's working in, in the medical field, what, what kind of position are we talking about, Jim? She's a uh, registered dietitian. Registered dietitian. OK. And, and around how old is she? Uh, 65. 65. Okay, so yeah, this is someone who's going to be entitled to probably somewhere between six months and eight months pay. Uh, but of course, that's going to be six months to eight months of the part-time salary. Yeah. So the, the part-time salary doesn't reduce her severance entitlements. In fact, if she's making a very good part-time salary, there might be an argument that it should increase the part of uh, the severance entitlements because that might be a job that's harder to replace. Um, but uh, it'll just be based on that part-time uh, income for those, uh, you know, six months or eight months or what have you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. You want to reach out, have a further discussion. I know nothing's happened yet, but it's always good to get some more details. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for all other matters, you can simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a wealth of information about employment law. There's even a bit on disability law because there's a lot of crossover between the two. Just to let you know, that's a little tidbit. You know, that previous caller, uh, John, with the drug testing, you know, sensitive positions. I guess someone who works in a, uh, for instance, the airline, like a pilot would have to do a drug test, I guess. And that would be okay for the employer to ask for that, correct? Yeah, I mean, the the case law on this is is a little bit complex. Generally speaking, what the law requires is that there be... Um, a reasonable apprehension on the employer that that there's a need for this drug test and and more than anything uh, you need to have a safety sensitive uh, position if, if there's safety sensitive positions um, and you have reason to believe that uh, you know you for instance if you have a history of incidents uh, then uh, the the law will be more sympathetic to that employer but right. again the big thing for me with with John's case is that you know 18 months and no drug test and and now you put them yeah. on payroll now all of a sudden you need a drug test you know it just doesn't pass the smell test you know yeah, totally. no, no pun intended yeah. so uh, <laughs> that that's where the issue there is for me 416-870-6400. Still plenty of time for you to uh, call through and ask your questions like our previous callers. Love having you on the air. This is for you each day. We do the show Monday, Wednesday, the weekend shows, and, of course, Employment Law Show on Global TV and CTV as well. Happens on the weekend. Reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Another one is this. They relied on advice from the old Ministry of Labor. 
Right. Well, the Ministry of Labor, I'm sure, is very, very busy these days. Oh, yeah. uh, many things going on, people's uh -huh. wages being reduced and temporary layoffs and whatnot. Uh, but if you are put on a temporary layoff or your employment is terminated, uh, the place that you have to go is to an employment lawyer. That is not the time to go to the Ministry of Labor. They're not going to be able to provide you with helpful information. They are actually not allowed um, to provide you with helpful information uh, when it comes to severance, and they will be very explicit about that. Um, so if you're talking about full severance entitlements, that's when you have to go to uh, an employment lawyer because the Ministry of Labor is going to tell you if you're working for some, you know, a small company um, and you've been working there for 20 years, they may say, yeah, you're entitled to eight weeks pay. But, you know, that same person could be entitled to 20 years or 20 years, <laughs> two years pay. Uh, and if, you know, that's someone earning, you know, $50,000 uh, a year, you know, you, we're, we're talking about uh, severance entitlements of, you know, six figures at, at this yeah. point. So uh, all this money lost because uh, they called the Ministry of Labor instead of an employment lawyer. And fortunately, this is an increasingly rare occurrence. But when it happens, it's, it's really, really too bad. So please don't make that mistake. 416-870-6400 is the way. Mike, you're up next. Good evening. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay. Um, recently uh, been let go from a, a middle management, sales management position, and I was told that uh, I have two choices. One, I accept a two-month severance package, so eight weeks, or they'll continue to pay me for six months, but if I find another job, then they stop paying me. Is this legal? Right. right. Okay. This is actually very common. Uh, this is what we call a clawback. Um, and it is legal because an employer's obligation to pay you is premised on you being out of work. So if you find a job uh, before the, let's say, you know, let's say your actual entitlement is six months, you know, probably... Uh, probably more because often you know an employer is going to lowball you to a certain extent. But let's just say it was six months, for example. If you found a job after only three months and that new job pays you the same amount of money, um, then you'd only be entitled to those three months' pay. Um, so by them saying uh, we'll extend your pay for six months and pay you fifty percent, even if you find a new job they're still giving you the possibility for what they would call a windfall against your full entitlements. Um, but the question really that you have to ask yourself is how long do you anticipate you're going to be out of work, right? This is always what I'm telling my clients. And you know, I, what I always say to clients is I don't expect you to have a crystal ball, um, but you've got to really think about this carefully. Uh, maybe put some feelers out there. Maybe don't, don't uh, think about accepting the severance package yet. Maybe take some more time because your entitlements are, are still around for two years. So you don't have to be rushed with this decision. Start putting out some feelers. Start thinking about how long you're actually going to be out of work. Maybe you're going to be out of work for four or five months, and it makes sense in your case to take the six-month package. Maybe you're going to be out of work for eight or nine months, and maybe it doesn't make sense to take either. Or maybe you're about to find a new job and the two-month severance package might be better, right? So you really just have to do some, some careful analysis. Think about how long you're going to be out of work. Um, think about um, what position these various options will put you in. Um, and, you know, myself or one of our other employment lawyers or, or any employment lawyer for that matter can help you walk through that decision. But short answer to your question, yes, this is legal to do this as long as they don't try and claw back any of your minimum entitlements. Um, and this is actually a very common, um, common uh, proposal by employers. 
Okay, thanks. Appreciate Welcome. it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Reaching out. Yeah, 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. And you want to go to help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. In the meantime, more calls, 416-870-6400. You still got time. So use that phone. Reasons why people accept bad severance packages. They were worried about upsetting their employer, or should we say former employer. Yeah, former employer. That's right. And... You know, this, this one always, um, uh, you know, I, and I try not to be flippant about it, but I, I almost kind of chuckle when I, when I see this because, you know, <laughs> these, these people, these people are, 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 they don't want to be confrontational. And I, I totally respect that. And this yeah. is someone that uh, you may have had a very good relationship with, but remember this, your employer has just terminated your employment, right? They have just taken away your primary source of income. And if they've given you an inadequate severance package, um, they have, as a matter of law, they have wronged you, right? They have breached their implied obligation to you to give you a reasonable severance package. Um, and the other thing that I, that I tell people, and, and this is, I think, much even more important, uh, that when we're negotiating severance, this is a business negotiation, Right. I mean, unless we're dealing with some serious issues of bad faith or, or human rights, and those issues come up sometimes, but by and large, these are straightforward business negotiations. It's not an aggressive tone. We're just asserting this is the law. This is what you've offered. This is the difference. Let's talk. Right. That's that's essentially what it comes down to. And so it's really nothing to be afraid of because mostly employers are rational enough to realize that it is a you know it's a question of risk. It's a question of liability. Uh, it's not a question of anyone uh, alleging that they've done something horrible. So chances are your employer will understand. Um, and uh, if if anything, you can always throw your lawyer under the bus. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way to uh, call through. Uh, reasons why people accept bad severance offers. Uh, how about this one? Deadline in the termination letter only gave them two weeks or Friday at five or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Now every termination letter I've seen has a deadline on it, and that yep. deadline is is usually you know one week from the date that you get it. And this deadline is because uh, that employer wants closure; they really do want you uh, to sign a uh, release. And uh, it's not because they're you know being nice or doing something so generous for you. It might be a generous severance package, but if you've gone on the severance pay calculator and spoken to a, an employment lawyer and you've gotten advice that it's not a good severance package, then you know that they're not doing this to be generous. They're doing it because they want you to sign the release. And that's 99%. Exactly. 99% of the time, uh, that's what they want to do. They want to get you off the books. So um, I can tell you as someone who advises employers as well, I would never recommend a company pull a severance offer or lower the amount being offered because a deadline was missed because the whole point the employer offered, uh, the, the whole point of them offering that to you is because they wanted to avoid a lawsuit. They don't want to invite you to do that, which is exactly what they'll do. Uh, what will happen if they uh, worsen the package in any way. Another reason why they would accept a bad severance offer because they were terminated for cause or so they think. Right. You know, termination for cause is a thing. Uh, some employees really are uh, have uh, engaged in conduct that the law will find justifies a summary dismissal. Mm-hmm. But usually this has to be something pretty, pretty bad, pretty dishonest, right? Fraud, theft, uh, forgery, something that really goes to the heart of the relationship. So if it's something like that, 
yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it's a four cause termination. I'd still speak with an employment lawyer because you want to be sure. Uh, but certainly if it's something on the basis of poor performance or a poor attitude or they don't like a conversation you've had yeah. with them or, you know, something trivial like that. Uh, you know, and, and this is actually most of what I see when I see for cause termination. That is simply not cause for, for dismissal. And those employers are going to owe severance packages. I, I'd say probably, you know, maybe one to five out of every 100 cases where cause was alleged, it's actually a proper termination for cause. We're talking reasons why people accept bad severance packages. And this one's just a you know, misunderstanding about the uh, employment law sphere and that is they they can't afford the legal fees or the legal fees they think they're going to be uh foisted upon them right yeah and i i totally understand this concern you know uh legal fees certainly can add up and anyone who's been involved in a legal proceeding before knows that they can be very very expensive and when you've just lost your primary source of income that's not something you're going to be terribly enthusiastic about doing uh, but in the reality, you know, there are often, very often, uh, numerous payment options. You know, by definition, most clients of, of uh, ST Law, and this I think goes for, for most employment lawyers out there, uh, you're talking about people who we know have just lost their primary source of income, so we're going to understand that, right? And the last thing that we're going to want to do is allow legal fees to stand in the way of a proper severance package. So. Uh, 99% of the time, I'll say, uh, we can work something out to get around that and allow you to do it without having to worry about that aspect of it. Let's get to a phone call, 416-870-6400. Got some time here. And uh, Sean, how are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Great. What's on your mind? Good. I have a question. I've been with this company for two years, and uh, like, uh, my wife is going into a surgery. I have like she needs to have someone to look after her at home like for uh, like 45 days so i have a like per year i have 10 days of my vacation day and i ask my employer like if i can take some time up to help my wife because she would be in surgery and uh, have no one else to look after her and they said uh i'm not sure if it's legal they asked me so much question about like what kind of surgery? Is there a doctor? We cannot give this much time off and that. So I don't know what's the, my legal right here. Like kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, so this uh, this is the kind of situation where you may be entitled to what's called family caregiver leave. Okay, so there is um, in the under the Employment Standards Act um, a leave of absence whereby an employee uh, can be entitled to take up to eight weeks of family caregiver leave for caring for their spouse. Um, if someone who is known as what, what they call a qualified health pr uh, practitioner, which is usually a doctor, um, can give a certificate um, that uh, this person is uh, under a, a serious condition um, that uh, is, uh, is, is chronic or is, or is going to require um, that uh, individual to, going to require you, in your case, to support your wife. So I, I think you may want to look into getting a certificate um, that says that, um, you know, that, that says that your wife is going to have, uh, you know, a serious um, issue. Um, and that she that you may temporarily need to care for her now because this is uh, this is a a um, not a long term issue not a chronic issue uh, right. it may not qualify for that um, 
but if there's really no other choice and there's no one else uh, yeah. to care for your wife here and you have no other option, um, then uh, chances are you're going to be entitled to a statutory leave for that. So, um, you know, if you need to take a medical leave or a family caregiver leave, um, the first place I would go is to your doctor to explain exactly what's needed. Make sure you've looked into all other alternatives before you say, look, this is what I have to do. I, I, have, to, I have to be uh, caring for my wife. Um, but if you're not going to qualify for family caregiver leave, um, the employer is likely not going to have a statutory obligation um, outside of that scenario, um, which again, this may not qualify for because it's not chronic, um, right. to allow you to take that leave of absence and you may have to find an alternative because of course it's your wife that has the right to, um, you know, into the leave of absence, um, uh, not necessarily the, the spouse. All right, perfect. Thank you for helping. You're welcome. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for the call. You still got a couple minutes here. If you got uh, got something to say, 416-870-6400 is the way to go. A couple more of these left, reasons why people accept bad severance packages. Um, they believe that getting a better severance package will take months or years and all kinds of court time and negotiations and craziness, right? Yeah, and I mean, the thing about severance packages is that they very rarely get anywhere near a courtroom because, of course, most of them are very, very straightforward. And it's a situation where we're able to fairly convincingly explain at the start to employers that this is not a situation that's going to get better, right? And that it's typically in an, an employer situation um, to resolve them early on uh, because if they don't resolve them early on, then almost invariably they're going to end up paying more later on. Uh, so for that reason, often severance packages are negotiated in a matter of, of weeks, uh, sometimes months, uh, and the longer it takes, typically the, the more leverage we have. But years, no, typically not. Let's get to this one. The employer has told them that they're an independent contractor. We've done complete shows on this topic before. Right. And, and this is, of course, it's, it's so easy to do a full show on this because there's so much to talk about here. Yeah. Um, I, I find this comes up a lot with salespeople. Uh, mm -hmm. For whatever reason, a lot of uh, companies that employ salespeople say, well, you know, this person's on a commission, so they're basically in business for themselves. So I'm just going to treat them that way. When, of course, that's not really how it works. You know, if you work for one company, uh, if you're completely dependent on them for all your income, certainly if you're spending, you know, your full time attention with this company and you're reporting to someone, you're going to be owed severance if they end that arrangement, right? And they may be relying on an agreement to say they can let you go without notice and without paying you, uh, but that agreement's not going to be enforceable because it, chances are it's not going to comply uh, with employment standards. Uh, so this is one of the most important categories uh, or most important situations uh, where you need to call an employment lawyer if you're an independent contractor because the gap between what they're offering you, which is often little to nothing, uh, yeah. and what you're owed is, is huge. This is one of those cases where you need to reach out to uh, to John in that case, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. by the way. And we'll get to the last one, the reasons why people accept bad severance packages. And, uh, you know, they tried to negotiate the severance package themselves. How about that? Yeah, you know, there may be some very rare situations where it, it may be appropriate to negotiate a severance package on your own. Uh, but the first thing that happens is that, you know, it doesn't look like you're serious. If you're going on your own, it doesn't look like you have the wherewithal to take this the distance. You don't, you don't really have the overarching threat of a, of a claim uh, on an employer, so they, they may not respond favorably. The other thing is, you know, people tend to be uh, very uh, tempted to make concessions and 
to try and be more reasonable. But what you're really doing is actually compromising your ability to negotiate for more. And, and worse yet, if you try to negotiate on your own and you come to us afterwards uh, and say, now I'd like you to take over, now you've made all these concessions, uh, now you've, you know, you've really damaged our ability to uh, negotiate for you and, it, and it, it could make it that much harder. So, you know, I, I respect people who try and do it on their own, but if you're going to try and negotiate on your own, at least to protect your ability to, to continue later on if you need to, please, please start high. Don't sell yourself short. Start high so at least if it doesn't work out and you need to come to us afterwards, we can pick it up where you left off. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, and people may not, they'd have to go to severance pay calculator, at least get a baseline of what they should be asking for. And, and quite yeah. frankly, yeah, I mean, once you get a lawyer mm-hmm. and a legal claim or some letterhead from the firm, it's going to be taken with more gravitas than some guy just saying, you didn't give me enough, give me more. So absolutely yeah. negotiating your own severance. I, I would never do my own root canal, so I don't know why I would negotiate my own <laughs> severance offer. But, yeah, that's me. Good analogy. Uh, <laughs> right? We're uh, we're done for another night, pal. Nicely going. Uh, Mr. Pincus will uh, reconvene on Wednesday night, probably with Lior at that point. If you want to call through and get a hold of John or Lior, a member of their incredibly capable team, simple. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And remember, anytime, 24-7, you need some advice or some knowledge, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Free. It's anonymous. And there is contact there as well if you want to reach out. Stick around. Don't move a muscle. Well, a couple muscles, but stick around anyway. On Point returns. Alex Pearson is coming right back. This is Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.